0: Inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show.
1: All righty, guys. I've got a very special treat for you today. Lance, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How are you doing? Keaton, I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fabulous as well. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to out of your day to come and chat with us and um, you know, drop some knowledge for the listeners. And see what My can...
0: pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man.
1: Um, I like to start with, where are you from? How'd you grow up? Were you rich? Were you poor? Were you happy, sad, medium? What was it All like? All
0: the above. Yeah, good. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Truth, truth be told, uh, I live in Las Vegas today. But if you go way back, way deep, uh, I grew up in, born in Brooklyn, New York. Grew up in Long Island, New York. Dad was on Wall Street. He was a partner in a big Wall Street firm. And uh, both of my grandfathers were entrepreneurs uh, as well. Grandpa, number one, was a Polish immigrant that created a chain of supermarkets, literally starting with a corner bodega, as they used to be called, a uh, little tiny place and built the supermarket empire. And the other grandfather was a real estate attorney and played real-life Monopoly. So I'd like to say, Keaton, that my my stage where the stage was set for me, and then I got to have an education as a young kid into the three pillars of investment, Wall Street, real estate, and, of course, owning a business, which is my expertise. So uh, I, you know, we, we grew up, uh, yeah, we had money. We definitely had uh, had money. I, I didn't want for anything, and uh, but I wasn't some spoiled brat and I certainly wasn't handed millions of dollars to go start my life with. In fact, I was supposed to work on Wall Street with Dad, and I did throughout high school and college and after college. I got my business degree, started working for Dad, and said, so, you know, or I should say I was working for the company, and I, I didn't like it. I was bored to tears and uh, followed an uncle, and we built a TGI Fridays franchise across the country in Arizona from locations that he acquired to about 66 locations and 225 million a year in revenue which by today's standards is probably about 750 million in revenue because uh, we did that in 89 90 91 in that era so bottom line is uh you know, I think that answers your question. Yeah, this is very, very, very
1: cool.
0: It'll- I live in Vegas, and that's the start of it right there, Mr. Keaton. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate
1: it. Hey, look, listen, I want to ask some questions about the franchise, especially TJ Fridays. What was the profit margins like on that, You $225 million?
0: Yeah, I mean, Fridays uh, Fridays was very good. Um, it was a great brand back in the old days. Right. Um. You know, why Fridays sucks today is another story. I think Fridays – Followed Chili's and Applebee's down that rabbit hole, uh, purely a leadership um, issue. When the leaders of Fridays were there back in the day when I was there, uh, corporate that is, the franchisor, as it's called, um, we did fantastic. Um, So profit margins, pretty damn good. I mean, look, we had stores that that could net about 20%. But you know, if the if the S and P five hundred can yield ten and a half percent since the fifties, and you invest in you know the S and P indexes and what have you, and you're yielding ten and a half percent, when you own a business, when you're above that, you have the ability to write things off and 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 grow your equity because when you sell, it's not just making money while you have the business. You have the ability to sell and make a hell of a multiple when you sell a franchise brand you're gonna you're gonna do three to five times cash flow that's gonna be your exit strategy nice. I know quite a few people selling i know a a franchise even air conditioning brand that sold recently for sixty six zero million dollars and he knew nothing about air conditioning when he started that so uh but yeah Friday's is uh not the same anymore um you know mm-hmm. you just gotta pick the right brand pick pick your right horse and that's why people use me
1: Interesting. So people will come to you if they're interested in buying a franchise, basically?
0: Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, I like to say I, I kind of broaden that. Um, if you're interested in owning a business, you come to me because I've started my own businesses successfully and sold them from scratch. I've done the franchise route with brands like Wingstop and Krispy Kreme Donuts in different states and sold and been successful with that. Um, If you go to your family and friends and say, hey, you interested in a franchise? They get very confused. Most people think that you have to be a millionaire to own a franchise. The reality is I have tons of brands. I represent about 800 brands in every industry at every investment level. I got a young lady, a $40,000 franchise where she works from home, To uh, a very wealthy individual that's worth $600 or more, uh, a bunch of automotive brands. People get into franchising because it's easier and you're supported and you have a better chance of success when you pick the right franchise for you, which is what I do for a living. I'm a franchise broker consultant. I'm an expert in franchising and business startups. And I can help anybody find the perfect business for them for free. Yeah. You don't even pay me. Very cool.
1: Um, So what would you tell somebody who wants to start their own business from scratch?
0: Well, it's America, and you get to start your business from scratch. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. But if you have an idea, if you're Mark Zuckerberg, roll the clock back, and you're at Harvard, and you have a, a genius idea that you feel compelled to create and, and, and make it, you know, let's say give birth to your baby, <laughs> then go for it. Absolutely. So unfortunately, if you don't feel comfortable adding a team and looking for resources, maybe being the visionary entrepreneur is not for you because it takes this very special breed to be successful in starting your own brand from scratch. You're gonna make a, a shit ton of mistakes, no matter what. You just you just can't help it. So, but if you want to, go for it. There's so many resources out there. Some are great tools, others are maybe things that are misguided out there. Not everything is correct that you see online, whether it's Google, via googling googling various things or youtube the best part about america is not everything you read has to be right
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's right freedom of speech right um what do you help anyone who owns a business turn
0: it into a franchise a hundred percent i have two of those calls as a matter of fact set up today so the two major pieces of my business is that i find people their perfect business for them based on their personal and business goals. Um, that's that's probably 70% of my business. 30% of my business is taking successful independent businesses, even if it's one location, and setting them up to franchise. So uh, I have a food franchise I'm talking to a lady today about. And uh, quite honestly, I'm not even sure what the other one is. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably also food is uh, considering the source of I have a big referral network of people and uh but it again food is a popular segment of franchising right. there's probably about 30 other categories from you know business services to automotive to medical related stuff alternative medicine you've seen IV brands out there there's a lot of franchises like that home care senior care unfortunately I went through it recently mom passed Um, Dad passed three years ago. My uncle passed six months ago. What do they all have in common? We hired home care agencies through franchises. Um, Assisted living is still a thing, but people want to stay in their homes today. They don't want to go anywhere else, um, whether they're going to live two more years or two months. So I have a franchise virtually for everything.
1: Gosh, now just out of my own curiosity, my selfish curiosity, I've got, um, we do do social media marketing, but we also do like funnel, web design, paid ads, all that type of stuff, right? And I had this idea that, I'm not sure it's right for a franchise. I'm not like hundred percent sold on this, but the idea was kind of interesting because the way I want to set up the structure of my business anyway, is like little micro businesses in itself, right? So I have an account manager that we, we give them the team that they need to be successful and we give them the clients, right? We do the market sales. And then we hire experts who know how to deliver on that. And they manage their team to deliver the results for their client. Right. Love they, it. they have a profit share. So they give a shit if the client stays or if the client goes right. Yeah. Not even profit shares, that's like direct revenue share. It's pretty hefty. Um, but I was thinking, I'm like, I wonder if I could you know, get someone to buy into becoming an account manager, owning their own perpetual motion marketing, where we send them leads that are qualified, ready to go, give them our marketing systems to acquire them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then let them go at it. And they, they pay us to be able to use our brand. We get a royalty share, whatever. Or something like that, but I, I hadn't even th- thought about it till last week, and it's ironic that you're on my podcast now.
0: so <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, fr- franchising is all about when, when you sort of ask yourself, can this be a good franchise?" it all starts with an idea that is a great business model that you can make a profit, and mm-hmm. you share that business model in which you can generate a profit with other people. And all you do as the franchisor is take a little royalty. And, you know, it confuses the heck out of people because people are like, well, I don't need to pay a royalty or the one-time franchise fee when you get started in a franchise. You're right. You don't have to pay that. You can do it all on your own. You also don't have to live in a homeowners association where you have to pay a fee every month to live there for the added security and uh, the guard, possibly, if it's a guard-gated community, you can put your own fence around your house and put in your own security for cost and worry about that. So to each, to each his own, uh, right. the bottom line is if you would like to create a franchise system, sounds like you have the makings of something special. Yeah. But what I always ask people when I dive deep on these calls like I'm going to be on today, each call will be an hour, yeah. understanding the individual I also size up the individual are, you know, are you capable of being a franchisor, right? Will people like you and want to buy into (laughs) Keaton and what his experience is? And do they believe that you can support them for 10 years on a franchise agreement and have them make money? More than likely, yes. But, you know, that's something we would dive into. Uh, And it's, it's not a terribly expensive proposition, but franchising is regulated by the federal government. So the Federal Trade Commission, in fact, there's a franchise disclosure document you would have to create, or we would create with you, our attorneys would, in addition to the franchise agreement, which is the legal document that you would sign. Uh, I'm sorry, people would sign when they join your franchise, and then we'd help you with the operations manual to put all your secret sauce and confidential information on paper, so that when somebody becomes a franchisee, they they have it digitally. Uh, or otherwise, so they're they're off to the races. You know, at McDonald's, you you have a playbook to go by. This isn't something that is a mystery. They know how to support people and get people to be successful in the best franchise systems. They absolutely have your best interest at heart because you know if you're not doing well, the franchisor is not going to do well in the long run.
1: That's right. That's
0: it's right. It's a team sport.
1: It's interesting. What's the benefit? Of doing like we'll we'll stick with mine for the because I'm selfish. No, I'm just gonna but just for the the uh, time being, um, of franchising instead of just building out section by section, sort of like Starbucks. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and- well,
0: yeah, Starbucks. Starbucks is a they created a licensing model. For the most part, they're all corporate owned, except for the I mean. license licensees. The reason they created a license model as opposed to a franchise model, franchising is very regulated, and and that that works in a lot of people's favor in that you can't just claim things. Hey, join our franchise and make money. That's Mm -hmm. illegal. In that disclosure document I mentioned earlier, there's 23 items. So I'll give you an example. That air conditioning brand I was referring to where somebody exited recently, in the, in the disclosure document, item number 19 of 23 items is the earnings claim. And in that air conditioning earnings claim, it states that the average franchisee did $3.5 million in revenue last year, and the top 25% of franchisees in the system did $9 million in revenue. So what does that tell you? there's significant revenue because what does an average air conditioning independent company do in America? I would guess under a million bucks a year. So you join this franchise and it says the average person does three and a half million. But here's, here's the interesting thing. A lot of people don't understand about franchising Keaton is as you're in the process and you look at that document and you get excited. Holy cow. Look at those numbers. You have an opportunity to talk to existing franchisees to hear how their their experience is, to decide if this is something that you know is for you or not. And I do a lot of deals with the, this particular brand I'm alluding to, but you know, Starbucks chose the easy route because they said we're only going to license really to high net worth companies like airports, the the management companies. HMS host and compass group, whoever else is running airport concessions across the country. And they have deep pockets colleges and things like that colleges. They're all those contract companies that have a lot of money. So we're going to train them and their trainers will train other people. And same thing for casinos in Las Vegas, where I live, casinos are licensing licensees foreign countries, you know, But a licensing deal is pretty loosey-goosey. You do not have the ultimate control on everything you want to have. If you think of Ray Kroc with McDonald's, Ray Kroc could tell you how to do everything. This is your uniform. How many pickles go on
1: each? uh, What was that? How many pickles go on each? uh, Exactly. Exactly.
0: I mean, truth be told, the food could be different at a Starbucks licensee. They can't control every single aspect. It's not a franchise. Now, maybe they have a tight contract, but at the end of the day, here's what matters. What matters is if you wanted a franchise, you as the franchisor would have very tight control over your franchisees. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, And there's a lot of integrity in that. Again, like an HOA. You know there's tight control homeowners associations there's tight control. why? well, you don't want a car sitting next to your house up on blocks for three months that's all rusted out in a normal neighborhood you can get away with that for a period of time until the city or county comes and tickets you for being a nuisance or whatever but an association they have control mm-hmm. people you, know, you can't do that in an association and a franchise to some degree can be like that but look Franchises are phenomenal for people just starting out that know nothing about business because they're going to be taught a system. I'm working with guys in their 60s that have already made a fortune and still want to do stuff, but maybe they're out of original ideas for what they want to do, or they don't want to do. You know, I, I run ground up is hard. hard. Square one is, is that
1: from the ground up is hard. Square yes. is hard.
0: But you know what, Keaton? I run in all people all the time. There's three ways to do a business, right? You just said it. Ground up. The second way is you buy a franchise. And the third way is you buy an existing business. Right. Well, buying an existing business is no easy thing. Because if it's an independent business, what do you know about that business? More than likely, you're buying a business that somebody else screwed up. And if somebody didn't screw it up, you're paying a fairly nice premium more than likely to buy the business. But if you're that brilliant, by all means, go right ahead. (laughs) Go Mm -hmm. right ahead. You're on an island. Go buy your own business. You get to do whatever you want. And some of those will be successful and some of them will not. Some people think they can handle it. But again, we only live once. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fail forward to the next thing. Cross it off your list. Don't do that again and, (laughs) and do it the right way.
1: That's right. That's right. I've got a. Um, I got one of my clients actually. He he's has uh, got an interesting model. It's not a franchise, but he he is a business broker um, deal where he he takes fifty one percent. He's he's putting local marketing partners one hundred eighty five locations across the United States. Very very interesting. And then he wants each of them to be doing a million dollars in revenue. And you, you know about you know business brokerage. That's not too crazy like 10 10 to 12 deals a year yeah you know on average um and then he wants to you know do a roll-up and bring it public which i just think is pretty it's just different and interesting and uh yeah i think he's gonna pull it off uh but the idea is um i don't know where i was going with this
0: well you're just oh, talking oh, about oh. different business strategies
1: Yeah, yeah yeah and then he uh he has a, a strategy that he teaches business owners which i don't know how much it plays into franchising but like you build a business and you sell it for let's say a million dollars right you take that million dollars and you put a 10 down on an sba loan and go buy a, a 10 million dollar business that's cash flowing more than your last business was and then you work that up for a few more years you sell that for you know, let's say 30 million dollars take that yeah. 30, you know what i mean and you stack it up and you call it quantum stack investing um what's your thoughts on that it sounds really really cool on paper
0: yeah look there's a, there's a lot of ways to do it i mean i personally have friends i've done it myself where you you can buy one business and grow it yourself one franchise and get multiple territories. I have friends that own multiple franchise brands. They're franchisees of, you know, 10 of these and 15 of these and 20 of these. I was just on a call with a guy that has about, I don't know, 400 franchises in different brands. It's got plenty of cash flow. I got friends that own a bunch of hair salon franchises that net million and a half dollars a year. So the question always comes down to how much money do you need? Right. Not everybody wants to be a billionaire, um, but people want freedom. Um, Some people have to drive a Bentley and and live in a 12,000 square foot house. So depending on what your strategy is, what you just described is all about leverage. Whether you're a real estate investor or a business investor, it's all about leverage. I have plenty of people just starting out and plenty of people that are plenty experienced that get an SBA loan they put down 20%. Typically, it's 20% down. And you have to have some working capital. So you want a $500,000 franchise, you put down about 100 grand, have a little reserved working capital, and, and, and you get going. And you start doing well. And either you buy additional territory, maybe you buy additional business. But like you said, it's like real estate. You can buy a starter home sell it now you have extra equity hopefully in addition to
1: yeah,
0: right you know from the time you held and, and you know and you've, you've paid down your debt if that's the case if you had debt and and you get into a bigger house. so it's the same thing in the business world. so it's a great strategy but you know I always say Keaton prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. So when I speak to somebody mm. and understand I have a free assessment on my website. It's my business builder assessment. It's it's very detailed, and it, it only takes about fifteen minutes. That gives me an understanding of risk tolerance, you know, mindset overall based on your life experiences mm-hmm. and your goals. You know what could be best for you. Then I interview you today. Besides talking to people that want to set up a franchise system for their business, I'm talking to multiple other people. I've already talked to several that. They don't know what to do. They're having a first call with me because they found me somewhere. For the most part, I don't do any kind of paid lead generation any longer. People either hear me on a podcast like yours or my own podcast I host, which is called Ion Franchising. People find me in a lot of different places. I have a good Instagram. and, And they're like, I like what that guy's saying. And the best part I mentioned earlier is my services are free. See, in real estate, your services... It feels like the services of an agent in real estate are free. Well, initially they are until you close the deal and they get paid a commission by you and usually the the seller, buyer, depending on what your position is. So you're paying the commission. In my situation, you don't pay the commission. The brand pays me the commission. So whether you use me or not, I am truly a free resource. Not a lot of places in life where you get that free lunch. So. That's me. That's awesome. That's great. What are
1: some um, some stories about you know selling and, or helping people buy franchises that you think would be interesting to share on this podcast?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there are just so many out there. But uh, one of my favorite stories is my friend that owns some franchise hair salons, and he used a broker like me about 14 years ago. That broker is long retired. He was a friend of mine. And when the this franchise consultant broker like me told him, based on the fact that you want to get a $200,000 SBA loan, you want your money back in about two and a half years, you want something you could potentially really scale and buy additional locations if you're happy, you should do this franchise hair salon. He was like mad when he heard the idea because It's like, what do I know about a hair salon? I'm a bald guy (laughs) that doesn't know how to cut hair. And that's the beauty of franchising. There are more people that get into franchises that, you know, I I tell people all day, your skills, whatever they are, are transferable. Transferable to what? We don't know until we explore. So, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. so needless to say, my friend ended up owning now 14 years later, 19 of these franchise hair salons and he's netting about a million and a half dollars a year. It was an amazing decision for him. It was a successful decision, but you know, people have preconceived notions. If you're at a corporate job, I heard a restaurant's a nice thing to own, or, or maybe I shouldn't own a restaurant. People don't know. And it's hard to leave a corporate job and do exactly what you were doing. If you were in software sales, more than likely you're not going to leave that and start your own software sales business. So that's the stumbling block for most people. I have an amazing couple that came to me, and they both had tremendous hospitality backgrounds, like me. They they were in the restaurant business. They didn't own restaurants like me, but they were in the restaurant business, both of them on the corporate side, high-volume restaurants, And I happen to know in that type of business, it's a hard business. Not only is it hard and difficult employees, but there's more ways to lose money in the restaurant business than make money. So when you're good at it, you have a special skill set. You could virtually do anything. And they jumped into a franchise recently that is a little retail franchise, and they do well with that. But they realized in that organization – they don't think they can do more in their area and grow and scale that. So they came to me. They heard me on a podcast and said, Lance, what should we do? And they went through. I put them through my process. I call it the 49-day franchise finding formula. And I put them through the process. And lo and behold, they just signed a deal to be franchisees. They did three a three-territory deal in Orlando where they are. For a roofing franchise that i love roofing what do they know about roofing nothing
1: that's awesome
0: but their skills are transferable and that roofing franchise is also doing solar it's Mm -hmm. a small staff they have an incredible training system incredible systems procedures and processes in place for owners and i'm so excited to watch them just just kill it in this business and they are so excited So those are a couple of stories. Now, the truth is, as long as you're not mismatched, I've seen people, thankfully not too much through me, (laughs) I've seen people fool themselves into what they think they're good at and what they think they want and get into a perfectly good franchise system and they hate it. They're not unsuccessful because the the roadmap isn't there. The system, It's not that the system doesn't work. They just don't fit well within that system. So let me give you a, a good analogy. Marriage. There are perfectly good people that get married and realize later they made a mistake. It's not going to work. A lot of divorces. With business, it's no different. Whether it's an independent, whether you started your own thing and took o- took on too much, or would you get into a franchise that didn't fit you? Mistakes are made all the time. So working with me, I help you prevent some of those mistakes that you would make and hopefully all of those mistakes.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's, it's awesome that you're a free resource for people like that out there. Um, who would be like a good like referral to you? Like, I feel like I've, I've got a network of people that I you would just help out immensely. It would be a great referral for you?
0: You know the 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 age range I typically work with on a regular basis is people twenty five to fifty five. Okay. You know those are the those are the people looking for business opportunities, looking to escape the nine to five rat race, and uh, and people are coming from all walks of lives. So more more women than ever before. You know, in the old days, it was always this well, it was the men looking for businesses. Tons mm-hmm. of women, and and even if it's not the woman, and they're married. The woman is still the decision maker. I spoke to a guy not too long ago. <laughs> true. I spoke to a guy not that long ago, and he told me he was looking for a restaurant franchise. I said, are you married? He said, yeah. I said, what does your wife do? She's a CPA. Does she know you and I are talking about restaurants? Yeah. Is she happy? No. She would rather. So what if I told you I can give you business options that are – half the investment of a restaurant with potentially more profitability and just easier to operate. She would be happy with that. So sure enough, they ended up getting an exterior restoration franchise, contracting-type business, where you get paid by insurance companies, though. Nice. because And uh, amazing, amazing proven business, $185,000 investment or so, the average franchisee's net over 300000 a year. That's incredible. So that's the thing, Keaton. I could show people the profit path for various businesses, for many businesses, and then it's up to you. I had a guy tell me the other day, I'm not sure if that brand isn't worth is worth the risk. And I looked at him literally on a Zoom call like this, and I said, I don't consider that brand to have – I consider that brand has minimal risk. The risk is you. And he looked at me insulted. And I said, I don't know how you're going to do in that business. I know how that business does. I could look at their item 19, their earnings claim. Mm -hmm. I could see what the sales are. Sometimes they have margins, their net margins or their gross margins. But they have sales. And as you talk to existing franchisees – You could find out if they're happy. Talk to five franchisees. I challenge people all the time. And in most cases, the best brands mandate, they'll say to you, Keaton, did you speak to five franchisees? No, I spoke to three. I'm ready to go. No, you need to speak to two more and report back to me. That's what the best brands will say. Mm -hmm. I spoke to a guy the other day, one one of my candidates. He had spoken to a couple of franchisees of a brand that I like, but I haven't done a lot of deals with them lately. Well, two of their best franchisees supposedly told him, yeah, we're happy, but given what you've told us, I think there's other brands for you. So he called me back and he goes, I'm going to pass on that. I said, great, perfect. Mm -hmm. The quicker you eliminate options, the easier it is to get to what is for you. It's kind of like dating. Probably not a good idea to marry the first person you think you fell in love with on the first date. (laughs) You're (laughs) probably better off dating a little bit to understand your likes and dislikes. It might be lust. It might not be love.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Same thing with business for sure.
0: Um, Exactly.
1: So it's from what I'm getting from this, you'd rather work with buyers for the most part, not franchisors. Well, I I work with,
0: I work with franchisors. For example, I just got back from a business trip to Philly, an amazing brand called Rolling Suds. They're going to be the largest power washing brand in the United States. Mm. Proprietary systems, it's not, you can't go to Home Depot or Lowe's and buy what they have. They can clean and sanitize a building four stories up. What makes a good franchisor
1: for a referral for you?
0: what makes a good franchisor anybody that looks like looks looks for help um finding franchisees i have brands call me all the time Mm -hmm. um and i interview them to to be quite honest my best referral is somebody looking to buy a franchise that's it or buy a business i should say like i said earlier Mm -hmm. it's not about like I, i have friends on a regular basis i said you haven't gotten me any referrals. And then I heard a friend say, I don't know anybody looking to buy a franchise. I said, BS, you know, plenty of people looking to buy a business. Some mm-hmm. people don't understand what the difference is between a franchise or not a franchise. So I show people the way with a franchise.
1: Right. Yeah. But uh, what I'm asking is like, I got this guy, uh, he owns Red Dog Roofing. He's uh-huh. He's- independent business, right? Yep, and he's he's taking over Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and uh, some of New Hampshire as well. And I think he's going down to Florida, right? He's clearly got some systems built out and things like that. Awesome. Like, would that be a good person to introduce you to? Yeah, and he's he's
0: the mean? franchise. He's not the franchisor. He, no, is, yeah. corporate. he is corporate. He is corporate right now. Yeah. exactly. So yes, any any successful independent business, I would love to talk with. Awesome. Absolutely, happy yeah. to have a conversation. Cool. Um, and then,
1: what else? What would be? You're a different guest than most of my
0: guests. So this is really interesting for me.
1: I'm, I'm going off the cuff.
0: I get that a lot. Yeah, very, very different. Um, you, you know, I, I, could, I could interject while you're uh, um, thinking right there. Yeah. It, it never ceases to amaze me how many people get stuck in their current life. And it's not about money, it's about freedom. It's really about freedom. And it might sound cliche, but it's about freedom. I talk to people that are truly sad. Men, women, um, well, to be politically correct, correct uh, other categories, whatever people identify as today. But the bottom line is, I talk to people all the time that are truly stuck and I feel horribly that they feel so awful. They have a longer commute to work than they'd like. They miss their kids' soccer game. They're, they have to travel for business, whatever it might be. And the answer isn't necessarily changing jobs. The answer is finding something that they could truly, I don't want to call it a gamble and use the word parlay, their, you know, their savings into, into a future business. But the majority of people that I speak to, can absolutely have their own business. I usually say everybody can have their own business. The question is just, what is that? And and there are a gazillion ways to finance these days. I had a guy that didn't have much money, but he had 400000 in stock. So that's a lot of money. And he ended up getting a loan against his stock portfolio, which was lower interest. I have a guy right now that is taking money out of his 401k, it's called a ROBS, a rollover business startup loan. Oh,
1: cool!
0: You can those, use those your are own interesting money. structures. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the SBA, the Small Business Administration, you can get. I'm helping a relative right now get a hundred and fifty thousand dollar SBA Express loan. Very special loan. All you need to put down is seventeen thousand dollars. That's it, seventeen thousand. But you got to bring, but you have to bring some working capital to the table. Because businesses go out because you run out of money. So you need to have some money while you're scaling. So they usually ask if you're putting down 17000 they want you to have at least 30000 cash in your bank account to help you support yourself while you grow your business, especially in the first six months to a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anybody can do it. You don't have to be scared. You can be curious. That's very, very good. But there's a lot of people out there that just get stuck. And then before you know it, 10 years whiz by, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. And a lot of people regret. They, you know, they, I should have done something earlier. Well, you can do it at any point. I have plenty of people over 50 that start businesses. I have plenty of people 65 and over. Usually the people 65 and over realize. That they should have helped their kids when they were they were younger, and now they are. And that's a lot of the sixty five and over crowd is setting up the next generation for success. We call it generational wealth. Yeah.
1: Now I figured I out hard hard the question. Because you, you answer the question as you're talking. I was just about to ask, like, how much is the minimum amount of money you need to invest? Why, like, is there a way to finance this? And so it's not a hundred thousand dollars out of your pocket or twenty, you know.
0: No, you and care. and and tip and typically if anybody comes to me with thirty-five thousand dollars, they have access to thirty-five thousand, that's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. You can get a loan from family members, there's a lot of ways to structure it. Uh, I had a young lady that came to me to, with not much cash. I got her a conventional loan, zero out of her pocket. It was an SBA. I think it was forty or $45,000 loan, and she started a kids' brand franchise, like a tutoring oh, after-school cool. program type thing. everybody and what you cannot google i'm back you you got me you Good. cannot google you can absolutely not google what you're looking for and find all of the best options you can't there's 5000 franchises like there's 5000 publicly traded companies so you'll never find every stock you want to potentially invest in Mm-hmm. just like you'll never find all the franchises and and I'm that sort of conduit to show you plenty of options for you that that fit your needs and you're not going to go bankrupt. We just take it slow. I talk to people sometimes for 3 years before they pull a the trigger. I am not in a hurry. And if you're in a hurry, I could help you. I had a guy that I know got into a franchise in 30 days from oh. the first call. That's wild. That was the that was the fastest I've ever had.
1: Yeah. So we're we're getting close to time here. I have like a few questions I ask my guests always at the end of the podcast. fire away. So we'll start easy. What's one book you believe everyone should read?
0: The e myth. The e yes. myth by Michael Gerber. I love it. The entrepreneur myth. Great book.
1: Yeah, it's very very good. Um, kind of set me down like a. A very long path that i was nowhere close to being on you know i was like trying to figure out how to create a coo and a cfo position and stuff when i wasn't even at ten thousand dollars a month (laughs) gotta calm down a little bit but it, it gets you thinking in the right way for sure um so if you could talk to anyone dead or alive and you could ask them one question what would that question be
0: Great question. Uh, you know, it would probably be my grandfather. I was really young when Grandpa Izzy, that owned the supermarkets, when he passed. Here was a guy that was a Polish immigrant. We could barely understand what it, you know what he would say. Uh it was difficult to understand. English was certainly not his first language, but he built this empire from nothing. Cool. And I really want to hear his story. I got a chance when I was about ten. To interview him for something at school but i was 10 so i didn't know what i know now i have all kinds of questions for him because he was pretty impressive yeah what would be the, what would be the one you'd ask him well i i want to know how you did it he had a partner initially and the the supermarkets were called spinners and his partner's last name was spinner because it's easier than my last name growlick <laughs> and uh i want to know how that relation what his original vision was did he always know that he was going to be the one that bought out his partner? How did that all unfold? How did he expand? Where did he get that capital? I don't know any of those stories. Oh, man. That would be great stories to know. Yeah. Um,
1: all right. So this is my favorite question. you got to go back in time, and you get to talk to yourself at any age. What age would you go back to? But when you go back there, you can only say three sentences to yourself. <laughs> and then you disappear. You know it's you. So you know it's your older self. You, you can trust yourself. What would those three sentences be? What age would you go back to? And what would those three sentences be?
0: Um, I would go back. I'll tell you exactly where I'd go back. You're going to laugh. And this is a, a a great money story. So I would go back to... Uh, I'd have to look at a calendar, 84, 85. When I was working on Wall Street for Dad's company, I, they were the largest over-the-counter trading house on Wall Street. So AAPL, Apple stock. I would go back to the time I was sitting on the trading desk when Apple uh, was virtually nothing. Buy. <laughs> I, 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 and I would say, you need to buy... All of this Apple stock.
1: (laughs) Everything.
0: (laughs) All of it. So that's what I would have done because I remember almost like it was yesterday where I was sitting, uh, trading Apple stock, um, uh, sitting on the order desk and trading Apple stock because we were a market maker in Apple in those days. Um, But I can't remember what year it was. 84, I got out of high school. And it was somewhere around around that time, and I can't remember. It was through high school or early college that I was helping them. Um, they have desktops but, then yet. Uh, we we had the old um, the old DOS based. Yeah, you know, it, it was. It, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, you know, again, Apple was in existence, so you know there was a Mac Macintosh and those computers. So, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, What's going on with my Wi Fi? Look, you know, one of my favorite all the guy's name, but he was the original investor in Apple. He put a thousand dollars in the company with with uh Steve and Steve, Wozniak and uh and Steve Jobs. He he was the old guy. He was forty five and they were early twenties. And he gave them a thousand dollars to expand the company. And obviously a long time ago, that thousand was probably a hundred thousand today. And that individual's family later said, what are you doing giving these kids all that money? And then later he asked for it back. Well, that individual, if he would have, and he got the money back, that individual, if he kept that $1,000 in, would have like $11 billion today. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it, it's not all about the money. But it's about, you know, when people look up to somebody that has a lot of money and they think they're a genius, it's not the case. It's someone that just took the steps that other people have not. It doesn't make you a genius. That's is this right. guy a genius because he put $1,000 into Apple? And is now, now is he a dummy because he pulled it out? And by the way, the guy, there was news, the guy retired not that long ago. And uh, he retired, you know, worth about a million bucks or something.
1: Yeah. You
0: know. So
1: true, man. There's no difference.
0: No. It's a di- it's the difference between Just someone it. that took action and someone that didn't. And it's okay to stay at your W-2 job. I have tons of relatives that are brilliant, but they'll never be an entrepreneur. And then I have mm. tons of relatives that are also very bright, but they took the steps to become entrepreneurs and, and did make it.
1: Yeah. It's very cool. Lance. Thank you so much. This My a- pleasure, Keaton. Very, very cool. I'm excited to get the clips of this episode out and stuff too. It's, it's going to be a really cool one. Um, I'll definitely be, be promoting it guys. If you're listening, you made it this far. You must like something. Please go share this one out. Um, and you know, leave a review, get us up on the ring. So we can get more awesome guests, just like Lance on here. And uh, until next time, peace. Thank you again, Lance.
0: My pleasure, Keaton. (laughs) Take
1: care, guys.